P-S-N-Y. What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Clean Sweep, which is Elite Sports New York Brooklyn Nets podcast. This is your host, Matt Brooks. I'm here with my co-host, Danny Small. How you doing? How are the Knicks at free throws? What are we? Are we drinking anything today? (laughs) You got to you got to bring it up. We were just talking about it before. We're not. I'm I'm gonna stay away from that because they're making me uh, pull my hair out. But I'm ready to talk. uh, I'm ready to talk about David Nwaba today. That's all right. uh, That's what I'm really looking forward to. All right. Um. Yeah. Me too. I. uh, I. We're gonna base. We're gonna stick to one subject because it's really the only thing that's important right now, at least in my eyes. Um. December 15th is an important date for a lot of reasons. It's the first date that teams can effectively trade players that they signed last summer. But for the Nets, it means a little bit more. It's the date that Wilson Chandler comes back. Um, And with him coming back, they've signed a 16th player while he was gone, which was Iman Shumpert, who's looked good. Now they have the difficult decision of figuring out what to do with their rotations, which really means they need to either waive or trade or figure out some other way to whittle it down to 15. So the best way for me to kind of envision all this is to not just sit here and think about, okay, what guys should get cut, but think about it more in lineups, who makes sense together. So I think that that's how we're, that's how personally I've been approaching this. And I think that that's probably the best way to approach this as a group. So You've obviously watched the Nets quite a bit lately. They've had some kind of weird schedules, uh, games, which kind of mm-hmm. works well for you. There's no overlap with the Knicks and Nets. So they've had a lot of these like matinee games. They had that game that you and I mm-hmm. talked about earlier last week. So based on what you've seen with Kyrie Irving eventually coming back, and keep in mind we're going to do all this without Kevin Durant in the fold because that's just really where things get way too confusing. Um, we're yeah, just going to assume he's out for, for the another, Yeah, another pod, another day. Yeah, that's that's just too much to deal with right now. Uh, what would your rotation be with Kyrie Irving and Karis LeVert back? Starting lineup, at least. I think with the starting lineup, and this I'm going to be a little bit different because I was before the season I was – Big on seeing the Kyrie Karras backcourt together. But just with the way Spencer Dinwiddie is playing right now, I would actually like to kind of see, and I think we mentioned this on the the show before, I would like to see those two in the starting lineup together. Um, I know it's a little it's a little uh, unorthodox, but it may be instead of, you know, how right now Kenny is using um, he takes out Garrett Temple kind of pretty early and then puts him back into that start or that second unit. I wouldn't mind seeing him do that, you know, with Spencer Dinwiddie, like, you know, maybe playing four or five minutes, yank him, get him back into that second unit early. And then, you know, at that point, you would always almost have Levert, Kyrie or Dinwiddie. You'd you'd have at least two of them, sometimes maybe one, but you would have those guys on the court at all times. Um, And I think just with the way Dinwiddie is playing right now, I I would experiment with that backcourt. I know they're both ball dominant point guards. But I would at least um, want to experiment that because you sent me a stat today with Dinwiddie and Jared Allen. Um, well, it wasn't Jared Allen, but it was Dinwiddie's um, percentile on passing to the role man. I think you said he was 90%. You can correct me if I'm wrong. Um, but I really like the way he's playing with Jared Allen. 
Um, so I would like to see the Kyrie Spencer backcourt and it could, I mean, it could not work. Like it could be, you know, go horribly wrong with him starting. Um, but I would like to experiment with that a little bit. And then Joe Harris, Torian Prince, Jared Allen. I think those guys are pretty, um, locked in place for me in the starting lineup. Uh, I guess maybe, maybe you mess around with Joe Harris or Prince coming off the bench at some point, if things aren't working, you need to kind of shake things up. Um, but I think those three guys are pretty safe. Uh, and then of course, you know, with Jared Allen, I, I laugh about it now because before the season, like I brought it up, you know, like maybe they'll play the matchup game with DeAndre Jordan starting and Jared Allen coming off the bench. But with the way Jared Allen's playing, I mean, he's earned that starting spot uh, for sure. And, you know, he's, he's really been one of the guys who kind of helped bring the Nets through this kind of this rough patch when they're injured, injured you know, with their two of their biggest guys. And I'm, I know I don't want to be bringing up Durant, but three if you count him. Yeah, so I like the idea of putting Dinwiddie and, and Kyrie together, and it's something I've toyed with a lot. Their net rating data is, like, really, really good together. They just they play well together. Um, I wouldn't want to imbalance the starting rotation too much defensively. I know Dinwiddie's been better, and I actually like the idea of him sort of being an off-ball guard just because he doesn't have to figure out as many picks on guys that are going to be, you know, like, say he's guarding a, I don't know, I'm trying to think of, like, an off-ball shooter right now, like a uh, like a Duncan Robinson or somebody like that mm. who isn't really going to run a bunch of pick-and-roll. But my thing with that is I really think that that is something, like, would you put Kyrie and, and Spencer together? That's something I would really just use as, like, a closing lineup. I like Garrett Temple in the starting lineup. And a lot of it's just because of the way that Temple moves the ball. Um, I've been so impressed with the way he's kind of been spraying it. He's been able to execute from the post. He's been able to like execute almost as like a de facto uh, pick and roll guard, like a, a real like creator. Um, so I, and, and, and I mean, defensively, like he's just always in the right place. He gets over picks really well. So I, I don't know. I mean, I'm in favor of keeping, some sort of rotation of a Kyrie Irving, uh, Garrett Temple, Joe Harris, Torian Prince, Jared Allen together. Um, I, you know, I'd even, depending on, I mean, we're getting really, really down the rabbit hole with, you know, what a, a Wilson Chandler looks like. Maybe if he looks mm-hmm. good, you can move him to the starting lineup. I'm kind of dubious of that. Um, yeah, but, I'm, I would be skeptical of that. But, I mean, it like you said, it's, it's out there. It's yeah. It's a possibility. For sure. So... Um, that's where I would be right now. I mean, just, you know, the starting lineup with Dinwiddie, um, and, in you know, with this current starting lineup that they're running is, is really good. I think it's like 8.6 points per hundred possessions over, you know, for, especially for a five man lineup where there isn't as much data. Uh, it's over like a substantial, like it's between somewhere like I think high hundreds. No, it's definitely in like the two hundreds to three hundreds in terms mm-hmm. of total minutes. So I, I would just want to keep that grouping together for the most part uh, without altering things too drastically other than just putting Kyrie Irving in there, which, by the way, mm. is a huge change. But Yeah, which obviously that's a change. And I'm, I'm kind of – I was thinking of it too like a little bit down the line when Levert gets back. Um, but I still, I still think even without Levert, I wouldn't mind seeing Kyrie and Dinwiddie together because then you have Dinwiddie as that first guy to come out. You have Temple come in for him. And then you kind of have a similar grouping um, to what you're talking about. And then you have Dinwiddie on that second unit to kind of like lead them a little bit more. Uh, but 
I don't know. The more we talk about it and the more I hear you talk about it, I'm thinking like Dinwiddie's probably just going to end up going back to the bench to his old role because it's something he knows well and you can kind of just plug and play Kyrie. Uh, and then, you know, having Dinwiddie might fix a lot of the second unit's scoring problems. Um, but I mean, I, I still I, like the way Dinwiddie's playing right now. I think I, I want to play him as much as possible. Um, and especially I want to keep him with Allen for, you know, decent portions of the game. Right. That's the part that hurts kind of my notion of like, let's take Spencer Dinwiddie and put him on the bench. Cause him and Allen have been unreal. Yeah. Uh, and, and the data with him and, and Jordan is not so positive. I mean, he really likes to loft, uh, very high arcing lob passes. And that works really well with Jared Allen, DeAndre mm-hmm. Jordan, whose verticality is about as shot as it gets. It's not as uh, not not as enticing, I guess, mm. from a viewer perspective. So that's the part that really kills me. Um, the part well, that I I'll like- just I just want to jump in and say one nice thing about DeAndre Jordan is just he's been pretty good so far this year. I think with like he doesn't have that verticality anymore. So you're, what you're saying is definitely true. Like him and Dinwiddie haven't really connected, but he's done a decent job of like lately catching the ball coming down. And he's so big. Like when he has position, he just goes up and he dunks it. He does Great like point. the, you know, the reverses and stuff. But like you said, Dinwiddie, I mean, he overthrew Allen a couple times recently. You know, he, he throws those really high lofting, you know, lob passes. He's a like good, not great passer. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's fair. They just, like, run so much offense through him, and, like, his instincts are correct. Like, he's got good instincts. His problem is more like the execution. I don't mm. feel like he's always right on the money with his passes, but especially when it comes to, like, lofting to the bigs. Clearly, it doesn't matter, though, because he's in the 90th percentile yeah, as a passer. I guess if we're um, saying he's he's good, not great, then that means everybody else is. And Kyrie Irving's numbers, which are, like, in the 28th percentile this year, are kind of deceptive. He was a 78 percentile passer this is this sounds like nonsense i'm getting so statistical with this yeah no but but this is this this all makes sense like he was he was really good last year basically as a passer to to the celtics bigs uh who are not you know i mean not exactly the most Mm -mm. vertical yeah yeah. (laughs) it doesn't doesn't have doesn't have like the same uh the same get up as uh as jared allen i don't think so I think he'll figure it out. His his data is weird. He's got like no all of his two man net rating data is like, I mean it's all affected by them just not being very good early on, but it's all super tainted with that the sample of him they're just really not being very good. I mean I was like looking through like trying to find pairings where he was really good and it was like, man I mean this a lot of this net rating data is a, is really negative right now, which mm-hmm. you know. It's like a ten game sample. So yeah, it's. I mean, like I, I feel, I almost feel like guilty, like reading into it too much. You I know because it's, it's such a small sample size, and like you add in the factor of like he's in a new offense, like new place, like learning to play with new guys, right? And I mean, you know, like eventually, if it continues this way, we'll have to, we'll have to actually be, you know, super critical of it. But I think right now, Kyrie is so talented, and I think we both know that that, you know, you plug and play him in there, he's going to eventually figure it out. He's eventually going to become, you know, that all-NBA guy again. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's a perfect point to it. I'm going to move on to the bench. Uh, mm. Right now, if I have the first five, uh, first five off the bench, that is, 
I'm going to go with uh, Spencer Dinwiddie at the point, Karis LeVert at the shooting guard, which I know will raise some eyebrows, bringing him off the bench. But it seems like more and more people are coming to that. Either Iman Shumpert or David Nwaba, depending on the matchup. Shumpert would be more of like a, oh, this is kind of like a small ball team. Uh, Shumpert, or uh, did I say Shumpert? Uh, Nwaba would be more of a, oh, this team's kind of bigger. We need a guy that Mm -hmm. can sort of bulk up. Um, especially if like a, a Lakers come to town or somebody like that, mm-hmm. that's, that would be my, 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 I mean, God, I don't even feel good saying this, but my, my LeBron James guy would be David <laughs> Nwaba. Oh, oh boy. Oh yeah. Boy. Still kind of overmatching poor David, but you know, um, and then at power forward, I guess I would Wilson Chandler and, you know, pray to God that Rodeo and Skurks figures it out. And then at center, DeAndre Jordan, who, yes, as you said, like really clearing space nicely lately in the paint. Um, Still kind of have some issues with him as a box-out artist, but for the most part, you know, we were seeing a little bit more from him, at least on the offensive end. And then Nick Claxton, who everybody, I think, theoretically, he's a really, really awesome player. Um, Numbers have not been great. Advanced numbers, that is. You know, he has moments, but uh, he's more of a, like, let's break the... uh, the the glass in emergency type of guy mm-hmm. if we're playing like a five out offense like a Minnesota Timberwolves or somebody like that that's the type of time I would bring him out you know don't want to don't want to give him too long of a leash don't want him to like get down on himself but uh yeah that's that's what I have right now rotationally speaking yeah I think if, if we're if with um with Levert in there, I'm I'm with you on Levert off the bench. I, I, he hasn't really done it much in his career, I don't think. He did it um, against at least, Philly at least, last year. At least not recently. Well, yeah. yeah, actually, that's a good point. The playoffs um, against Philly. I do like him off the bench. Um, I think as a second unit creator, he could kind of feast on some teams. Yep. Um, so I'm with you on that. Um, I'm They're thinking, like a bottom I'm, seven scoring bench right now. And they would yeah, go into yeah, like it, top three with those two it's, right away and and they've had they've had a couple games there where they've just been lights out from downtown yep and it's like you know i'm sure those those games are inflating their stats a little bit yep um but i guess i mean because uh, since i'm starting spencer dinwiddie i guess that would even make lavert kind of the de facto point guard um because he'd have the ball in his hands the most but then i'd probably have temple in there because i think Temple's done well enough where he's earned his spot. You know, he's earned his minutes. Um, and Nawaba, I know we talked about him before the show a little bit. I mean, he's just been, like, pretty solid all around. He's just a strong defender, a good guy to have in there. Uh, and then Shumpert, I guess. Shumpert would get some minutes. I, I feel like I'm forgetting some someone. Um, but Claxton, no, I agree with you on him. Just because... Like you said, break glass in case of emergency. I'm okay with sending him down to the G League for a little bit, you know. Me too. Get minutes there. Because we've seen, you know, I think you put it well. Like, theoretically, he's a great player. Like, he's long, athletic. Like, he can do a lot of different things. But he's just not there yet. I mean, he's you know, he's 20. So, give him some time. And then DeAndre Jordan at the center. Um, but in that kind of, that lineup, I'd have Nuaba would be like playing a four, kind of, which seems like that's a bit small yep um but then again you have you have temple in there he's he can guard up a little bit you know shumper can guard up a little bit that it would be a small second unit but i think like i don't i don't want to see pinson play all that much he's been you know not that great 
Um, his shot selection has just been so bad for me. Uh, Musa, I like his hustle and his intensity, and like he he brings like energy to the game. Yeah, but he's he's another one. Like he's got some poor shot selection. He's not quite there. And you know, as you said, Kuroks would be perfect. I would love to have him as like that second unit four right now, but I don't think you can trust him enough to 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 play him right now. I think he's just you gotta you gotta wait until he's right because he's been he's been bad you know pretty much this entire season. Yeah. So I'm gonna hit you with the hard question because it seems like three guys are on the chopping block for you. Um. Who 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 are you going to be cutting or trading, and and how are you handling that? That is the million dollar question right it's now. A, it's a good because, one. I mean, what's Chandler's contract? Is it, like is he definitely is he definitely safe? You know when he comes back, he uh, I think it's a one year veterans yeah minimum. one. One year veterans minimum. I, so is that it's guaranteed, right, or is that not guaranteed? Uh, yeah, it's guaranteed. Okay. So, yeah, I mean, uh, they probably wouldn't cut Chandler. I don't think. Um, I mean, they signed him. They clearly wanted him on the roster. Yep. Um, I mean, you don't want to give up on a young player like Rody, especially like right now. But I mean, he's got some stuff going on off the court. You know, is he he might be the guy. I don't know. It's this is such a tough call. Can uh, you cut? He's on like a four year deal. You can can you cut him like outright? They might owe him money if they do. But like, would yeah, they have to? I, they they him? probably yeah. You're right. They probably wouldn't. I don't know. This is this is a tough one because he okay. So he's under contract. To cl- it's a club option in 2021-22. Yeah. So he's got this year and another year guaranteed left. Hmm. And I don't I, I, I can't I don't think they would give up on him since he's so young and he had such a good year last year. I guess I mean it's tough because Nuaba and Shumpert would be two of the guys that you would think might might get the axe, but I mean they just signed Shumpert and Nuaba just started playing well. I have a solution. It's an interesting one. Uh, I talked about it with other people. I think you would... My solution as it stands would be to trade Musa for like a mid-second. Would they get a a mid-second for him, you think? Even if it's like protected or something like that. Mm Mm-hmm. Which sucks. Uh, Yeah. You don't want to give up on a you know on a young player, but but I mean he's what he's like the the, the very second I think he's 29th, maybe even thirtieth in terms of when he was picked. So he's basically a second round pick. Yeah. Um, I know they were higher on him when they drafted him, but I so the I I kind of like affectionately described it as a paradox where he's not going to get the reps he needs to figure out his career in the mm-hmm. NBA in Brooklyn because they're just, I mean, it's just, you know, it's a rotation that's overloaded with talent on the flip side. He can't play like they can't continue to give him minutes. If he's going to pull up from like 29 feet out and turn over the ball like crazy. And, you know, basically like 
have mirages of, of driving lanes that aren't there. Like they, mm. they just can't, you can't deal with that if you're trying to win a, the championship in the next two to three years. And that, and, yeah. and you know, I mean, he's a project like he, and I think, you know, he's been a project since he was drafted. He's still looking very much like a project. Um, I, I don't know. That would be my solution. They always try to look out for the player first. So that's why I, I was like, you know what? Maybe they would want to give him a, a different destination. Like, you know, of course, put him on like a good team. I don't know. San Antonio gets thrown out for everything, but them mm-hmm. or like Golden State or somebody like that where you put him in a destination where you know he's in a good home and in turn, you get to figure out this whole rotational thing. I think that's a possibility. I mean, because I'm, you know, I'm sitting here talking through all three guys, you know, that are kind of considered on the chopping block, and I can't figure out what to do. I think that's a possibility because, especially like teams will always take a chance on, you know, he's he's twenty, you know, he's twenty years old. Teams will take a chance on a guy who was a first round pick, 29th overall, twenty years old. Yep. Um, and and like you said, like. I mean, they, he's not going to be playing much this season. I'm, as, this season, maybe not much next season even. Yep. And you know, like I said, I like his energy. Um, he's he, like he he brings a little like hustle. Sometimes when the Nets look a little lackadaisical, he comes in and kind of shakes things up. But this is only you know while Karras, Kyrie, you know, especially when Durant eventually comes back, like he's he, there's not a, really a place for him. So I could see I could maybe see like a a team with, you know, a second round pick, maybe just tossing it out there seeing if they could take a chance on the kid. I think that would solve the Nets problems in a way that would, I mean, that that's probably like a best case scenario right now is you make a trade and you get draft assets back. Um, because you obviously, if you just end up cutting a guy outright, nothing, you know, you don't get anything, which uh, last season when Alonzo Trier was, going from his two-way contract to a like a regular contract for the Knicks. That was one of the things they were they were looking to see if, you know, maybe they could dump somebody for something like that. Uh, and it just never really happened, so they ended up cutting Ron Baker. Fan favorite Ron Baker. Oh, still hurts. Yeah. He, near he, near he net signed signee. With, he, yeah, he signed with the Wizards, then got cut from there. And I think he's in Europe now. He's in Russia. Not, followed his Russia career there. closely. Yeah. yeah. I've, that actually, not to go too far on a tangent, but it's shocking to me that Fred Van Vliet was the better pro. Yeah, apparently, the, Mr. Those Wichita State, <laughs> those two guys. Yeah, and then, uh, and then, uh, who else am I thinking of? The other oh, guy that Clee Anthony Earl. Yes, there we go. I he, thought he was going to be good. He got signed by the Knicks. Actually, fun fact. My friend, whose dad coaches at a college in Rockland County, I think Clee Anthony Early, like he wasn't getting scouted by anyone, and there was a chance he was going to go play for my uh, my friend's my friend's school, uh, which is like a D two school. But then really? you know, at an AAU tournament, Wichita State saw him and was like, "Hey!" And then the That's rest hilarious. is history. <laughs> um, all right. Well, I'm trying to think. I mean, I don't have a ton of other intel on rotational stuff right now um i mean i think we kind of like are on the same wavelength of like we like karis on the bench Mm -hmm. for the most part we do differ on like the spencer dinwiddie thing but yeah but that's something like i'm definitely like i want to see it just almost because i 
it's in my head now. And yeah. I'm like, I, I, I want to see how that works. You know, Dinwiddie and Kyrie starting off together. But if it's not working, like, if it's not working right off the bat, you know, you do five, ten games of it and it just doesn't, you know, you got to change something up. I'm, it's not something I'm, like, married to at all. Sure. Uh, I really, you know, I now at this point, like, the strongest thing, well, I mean, Kyrie, you obviously start him. But after that, it's like, Jared, I need Jared Allen to start. And after that, I... I wouldn't. I wouldn't be surprised or that upset to see Kenny kind of mess around with some different things, play around, you know, tinker with the lineup a little bit. I know eventually you have to kind of get to a set rotation once everyone's back, but I think tinkering around with this group and kind of seeing who works with who wouldn't be the worst thing in the world. Yeah, the thing that I'm worried a little bit with the Kyrie Spencer thing is that I, you know, I just feel like everything should run through each of those guys. In a lot of ways, like, mm-hmm. Spencer just isn't that good of a shooter. It's, like, kind of the same problem they have with Karras, where it's, like, you know, Kyrie is basically, like, dribble, dribble, dribble. I'm going to dish it out to you on the mm-hmm. in the perimeter. I, I you know, Spencer's, like, catch-and-shoot numbers are okay. I don't think it's the best use of him in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. Um, and just with the way that, Ky- like, Kyrie tends to use up shot clock a lot, which, you know, I mean, that's just how he plays. I'm really more in favor of like slotting him next to a a spot up guy, at least in 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 a lot of ways with with Garrett Temple. I know he's not the mm-hmm. most consistent, but at least he's used to that type of a use. That's so, yeah, that's kind of his been his role for a while, right? So now. and then and then at that point, you're just your bench is just you're gonna run everything, like literally everything through. Let's just try to go downhill with Dinwiddie and 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 Levert, and mm-hmm. that I that would be what I would be looking at a lot. Um, and if that doesn't work, I would honestly like, it's way early for this. I would, I would just see, I would just see what Karis Levert's, not this year, because that extension hasn't fully cut or hit. So you're really getting the average between what Mm -hmm. he's making now and next year with that extension, that 50, what a $52 million extension. I think it's 52. Yeah. But if it doesn't work this year, I would just see what the market's like. Just quietly a little, you know, look around, see what, see what he could attract. that's a possibility because I mean that's a, that's a pretty good contract I think um, you know fifty two, but my thing the only thing that just and this bothers me but it shouldn't because it's like I just have a small brain for thinking this way but like having two of your three best players because I think Kyrie, Dinwiddie and uh, Lavert are the three best players right now I think having two of those guys starting off on the bench is not something I would want to do obviously Kyrie's your best player so that kind of negates that way of thinking a little bit but I just I I would like to have two of them start off and then like I said you can do that you know where you bring in Garrett Temple kind of quickly and then you have you stagger those minutes that you have Dinwiddie in there Um, but it's it's kind of all hypothetical right now and I think one of the one of the things that's actually kind of nice is that you know what is it two more games and then Kyrie might be close to coming back or whatever it is I don't know the full details or I don't know the exact date, but um, like you ease him back in and you figure things out and then Levert will come back a few weeks later. So it's like they kind of have a little bit of time to ease into another thing. I guess the the flip side of that is that you're just constantly having changes. It's hard to it's hard to get, you know, cohesion and mesh with mesh with each other. Um, But I mean, listen, they're getting back to two of their best players. I think the Nets survived that little stretch because essentially just Dinwiddie and Allen going off. Uh, but now they're, they're in pretty good shape and the East 
these sucks. Like we, the, above, below like the top like five or six teams, the East is terrible. So the Nets are going to have no problem uh, making the playoffs. The regular season is, and I hate to say this, is just going to be kind of like experimenting for uh, for Kenny. I think. Yeah, and I, I I don't I just don't know if they're going to build a synergy this year. Just yeah, I it's think like I mean it was doomed from the start with Durant out. I, I, I I'm so confident in them making the playoffs, but I I wouldn't. I think going into the year, I was kind of like, you know what, they might. Who know? You know who knows? Maybe this works a lot better than people think. Maybe they can get out of the first round, surprise somebody in the second round. Like, I, mean, I was kind of on that in the beginning of the season. Now I'm kind of just like, all right, they're going to make the playoffs. They're going to be pretty fun to watch. They're going to be okay, but there's not much. I don't. I I would have to see who they're playing in the playoffs before I I make a another Nets get out of the first round prediction. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not even sure about second round that <laughs> anymore. Back, that backfired on me last year. Yep. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not gonna. I'm not there. And a lot of these teams in the East are just really good. Um, yeah, maybe the, if like it's, it's a it's Miami, very, it's very top or heavy. Boston, like that could be a seven game series, but mm-hmm. yeah, I, I like Toronto. It's top heavy. If they, yeah, Toronto, I, I did not expect that at all. That was one, one team I, I mean, I had them maybe six or seven seed. I think I remember if I remember correctly, but that was one team I definitely, I definitely whiffed on, uh, kind of doing, you know, my predictions or what, whatnot. But I think I, I was good on the Heat. I think they're a pretty legit team, but you know, past you know even the the Nets there, like past them, I mean, Orlando's not that great. Like, I don't know. There's just the East is just pretty weak. Let's do a quick random shout out. I know you got places to be. Um, I always you go first because I got to think of something. All right. Um, I will be attending. It looks like, judging by my email. Uh, which my bad, I definitely checked in the middle. Of this no, it's all good. It's all good. I was uh, I was going on a long diatribe. Anyway. No, I like did it. I almost did it while while uh, while I was talking. I've been really anxious to hear about if I'm going to this. I'm gonna go to an NBA like one of the I guess NBA. They're doing all these events like bringing in uh, players from Africa, mm-hmm. just as like a scouting type of thing. So I'm probably gonna be going that tomorrow afternoon, which should be really cool to attend. That's awesome. So that'll yeah. be cool. I mean, do I know? So I'll probably spend that morning uh, just researching and seeing if any of these guys are like top prospects. I'm notoriously horrible at evaluating young talent. I mean, I just said let's trade Musa, who's 20. So you know, <laughs> I I'm probably gonna not give any sound analysis. I'm I hope I never become a scout, but uh, but yeah. So that'll be fun to do. No, uh, that's awesome. Unique opportunity. Like I've done a lot of different things with my coverage over the last couple of months. Like I covered Rody's case. I was there for the, the, the Jersey, uh, unveil, which was mm-hmm. obviously in, like different than anything I've done. So this will be cool too. So, um, yeah, I, hopefully there's, hopefully there's something I can pull away from it. And I'm hoping there's like some, I mean, they're all going to be young. So I, I expect some like, you know, high voltage athletic basketball on the court. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that's, that's all awesome. dudes going that's- all out. That's really cool. Yeah, I mean, I I don't know much about any of that, but I would imagine they're coming over here, you know, for a scouting type thing with NBA Africa. Right. I imagine the guys are going to be pretty uh pretty locked in, pretty well, intense. Well, if you think about it too, like Giannis, Joel Embiid, uh, Siakam, they're all mm. uh if they're not African born, they're definitely of like first gener first generation mm. African descent. So 
there's a lot of talent coming from there. And it's mm-hmm. an, I think it's a, it's from what I've heard, it's an area that teams are starting to explore more and more uh, just because like Europe, I mean, I'm, I, a bit, I don't know, again, not a ton of insight, but European leagues are like almost overly scouted. So kind of cool. It'll be cool to see that. Yeah, no, that's, that's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. Um, my random shout out, and I don't, I don't think I brought this up on the last pod, um, but when I covered the Sixers Knicks game, Sixers won. It was Ben Simmons' oh, yeah. tenth tenth win over the Knicks in his career. He's ten and zero. And I asked a question. You know, I was like, "How? What's what's your secret to success?" You know, every time you come to New York, you guys are you guys are winning. You know what? What do you, what do you guys have? You know, over the Knicks, like basically asking. You know, like why are you, are you guys so dominant against this one team? And he just was like, "It's my grandfather. He hates New York teams. He's like, he hates every New York team." That he's like that. I swear to you, that's why we beat him. He's like, I, I always want to play. And then you know, he walked out of the tunnel, and his grandfather was right there. And it was just like a very funny moment. That's hilarious. That I was not expect. I was not expecting at all. I was expecting, you know, like the well, you know, they're a rebuilding team. That you know, they're they're getting there. Blah, 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 you know, that regular old response. And it was just funny. His dad standing out there with a Sixers hat, and he was like, Oh yeah, I hate New York. <laughs> He's like, I hate New- I hate New York teams. So. <laughs> Uh, that was just a funny little, funny little tidbit of, uh, one of the, uh, recent Knicks games I was at. I think that was, yeah, I think that was Friday of last week. was that game. I, I forget. I, I don't know any days anymore. Cause like every, games are on like every other day of the week. It feels like during the NBA season. So I lose track of time. Um, but that's, that's my random shout out and I'm sticking to it. All right. I love it. Um, I will let you get going. I know you got another podcast to do. Um, I think I've got a couple I need to do tonight. So it sounds like we're we're doing like a yeah. radio tour over here. <laughs> yeah, we're 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 two busy guys. So uh, it's good stuff. No, this is this is the best part of the, well, not best part, but I love this part of the NBA or NBA season when you're kind of just like going, going, going. Yeah, million different things going on, million games different going yep. on. So hey, good stuff. Yep, we haven't even hit trade deadline, which you know, who knows? Um, yeah. All right, it was good talking to you. I will talk to you next week. We'll probably get into a little bit longer of an episode. Um, but it looks like, oh, our scheduling. I guess we're kind of shooting to record on Tuesdays. Mm-hmm. We're figuring out exactly when it's going to be released. But Tuesday is our recording day. It'll be out Wednesday, Thursdays. So, yep. Hopefully hopefully we're going to be able to uh, to make sure, you know, with everything we're going Wednesdays pretty, uh, pretty strictly. Because I know for listeners, it's a lot easier to keep up with things when they're you know on a set day yep at least i know for me when i'm listening to podcasts it's much easier when i know exactly when things are coming out so we'll we'll try and make sure we're doing that for you guys all right i will talk to you next time danny all right see you matt see you